Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. In the series called Breaking Free, and I want to help you work through the areas of your life that have held you back and help you find freedom uh, from the stuff, the habits, the hang-ups, the the stuff in your life that you feel like you're in a cycle. Don't raise your hand, but if you ever felt like a hamster on a hamster wheel, you ever felt like I've seen this before, you know what I mean? I know if you're a man, you have because you don't ask for directions, so you've seen this before, you know. I've driven past a few things and thought, in my head, I didn't say it out loud because Brandy is better at directions than me, but in my head I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I've been on this block before, you know. I I'm lost. I don't know how to get where I'm going. And sometimes life feels that way. We've had this fight before. Any married people know what I'm talking about? We've had this fight before. We, we've, we've had this discussion in, with our children before. We, we've been down this road in our emotional health before. Met with a dream teamer not long ago, and I said, this is a cycle. I can see this. After seven years of being your pastor, there's a cycle that's happening I know this cycle, and, 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 and maybe you feel that. And by the way, I have them in my life, cycles where I just feel like, and what if 2023 was the year we finally got off that hamster wheel and we started making progress in our life? Come on, write it down like this. I didn't put it on the screen, but put it in your notes if you're taking notes today, which I think you ought to. Motion's not the same thing as movement. There's a lot of people that have motion in their life. You have motion in your relationship, motion in your relationship with God, motion with your, with your parenting, motion in your emotional health. But just because you're spinning your wheels, come on, where's all my, where's all my mudders at? You know what I'm talking about. Just because you're spinning mud out doesn't mean the truck's moving forward. And just because you have a lot of motion in your life doesn't mean your life is moving forward. Don't mistake busyness for progress in your life. And it's true in your spiritual life as well. And I want to help you finally move forward, get off of that motion. I want to help you through two stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. I've kind of centered around in this series. I didn't mean to do this, but it's worked out this way around the story of the Israelites in captivity. I'll recap very quickly. Uh, Open your Bibles to Exodus. That's where all of that story is. And then put your hand in in the New Testament as well. Put a finger over there. And I'm going to give you a New Testament story in the book of John as well that Jesus, uh, uh, that John uh, tells about Jesus meeting somebody. I want to give you two of these stories. But in the Old Testament, the children of Israel in slavery, 400 years, you know all of this. God calls Moses, who is a type of Christ, by the way. Uh, to deliver the people of God out of captivity, 400 years a slave to uh, the Egyptians. By the way, God, I was in my one-year Bible reading uh, uh, last week, God told Abraham this would happen. Most of the trouble I get myself into, it's not because I didn't know it was coming. It's because I kept pushing forward even though I knew it was coming. Can I get a better amen? God warned Abraham, hey, by the way, your seed's going to be in captivity They're going to be 400. He even told them how long. It's going to be 400 years. You're going to be a slave to another foreign nation. And they were slaves to the Egyptians for 400 years. Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, Say it loud. Let my people go. Yeah, you know it. You're just all scared like I'm, I don't, let my people go. (laughs) Nine disgusting plagues. There's frogs everywhere. There's locusts everywhere. There's boils on their skin, everybody. It's disgusting around Egypt. 
stinks and smells and people are dying and it's tough. And there's, tenth, there's a tenth plague on the way and it's the worst. It's the, it's the, the death angel is going to pass over all of Egypt and kill every firstborn in every house in Egypt uh, that hasn't killed a lamb and put the blood on the doorpost uh, of their house. By the way, that's a type of Calvary. It's still the way the world works. It's always worked this way. It always will. That there has to be a lamb slaughtered and blood on your life for the death angel to pass over. Amen, everybody. And so it happens there. Moses, so this is the whole story. Moses, I know that's a quick synopsis. Moses tells the people, hey, this last plague is coming. So you're going to slaughter the lamb. Every, the Bible says every house had a lamb. You slaughter the lamb. You, you put uh, the blood on the top and the side of the doorpost. And then I got a few other instructions. I want you to eat quickly. I want you to grab your clothes. I want you to get a walking stick or something and then because we're on the way out of here. And then that's where we'll pick the story up. Exodus 12. Flip over there in your Bible. Exodus 12 and 34. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen and follow along. The people grabbed their bread dough before it had risen. That unleavened bread. It didn't, it, it didn't even have time to rise. They bundled their bread bowls in their cloaks and threw them over their shoulders. And the Israelites had already done what Moses had told them. They had already put the blood on their doorpost. And then here's the other thing. Look at this. They had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold things and clothing. That's important. Underline that in your Bible. The Israelites had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold and clothing before they left. Now, you and I, I just told you the story. Did Moses say, go get silver and gold things? Moses, he did, but he said, listen, just get everything you can get and get it quickly, and we're going on our way out. What, what actually happened, God saw to it, that the rest of the scripture says, God saw to it that the Egyptians liked the people. Better translation is the Egyptians were fed up with the people. <laughs> After nine plagues and frogs in your bed, you'll give whatever you, what do y'all want? Earrings? Here, take all my earrings. Take all, you want these rings? Take all the gold and silver. Just get out of Egypt. Are you with me, everybody? That's what the Egyptians did. They gave all of these gold and silver, whatever that the, the children of Israel asked for. The Egyptians are so tired of the plagues on their civilization. It had been so destroyed by God that they freely loaded up the children of Israel with gold and silver and clothing. Now let me fast forward in the story because i got to get you there. They cross the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians are drowned in the Red Sea. God feeds the people of Israel with manna in the morning. By the way, notice a couple of things. They took bread with them and God gives them manna. Manna is a bread-like substance. For all of you keto people, when God delivers you, bread's involved. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Manna shows up and quail, come on somebody, good quail hunting. You didn't have to hunt for it. Quail dropped out of the sky and bread and biscuits showed up in the morning. If God don't love people to give them quail and biscuits every day of their life. Come on, that's the kind of God I can follow. Say amen to that. And then God calls Moses up to the top of the mountain. Now this is about 40 days. Everything I told you is about... I don't, I'm sorry, it's about four or five months. It's about four or five months. God calls Moses up to the mountain for 40 days. For 40 days. So this is, a, this is four and a half, maybe five months after the Red Sea. So they cross the Red Sea. They get manna. They get quail. They're out there four months or so. And then God calls Moses up 
to the top of Mount Sinai to meet with him, and he's going to give him the law, the Ten Commandments. You know this story. There's a cloud that descends on top of Mount Sinai, and all the people are down at the bottom. They can't go to the top of the mountain where Moses is, and that's where we pick the story up. Exodus 32. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Let me stop here. Look in my eyes. How long did I tell you that Moses was up at the mountain? 40 days. How long were they in slavery? 400 years. It's amazing how quickly you forget how bad it was before God delivered you. 400 years and four generations are dead in slavery and they can't wait 40 days. And you've been praying one week and it's still bad and still hell and things are still not the way you think they ought to be and we're tempted to just throw our hands up and just give up. And I guess God doesn't want to. 400 years of slavery. Moses is gone 40 days and 40 nights and the people are already, they don't think he's ever coming. I guess he's never coming. I guess, I guess it's never going to work out. I guess this church is never going to help. I guess God's never going to answer. I guess God doesn't care anymore. And so they gathered around Aaron, the high priest, Moses' brother, and they said, come on. I love that. Come on, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses, (laughs) 40 days, who brought us from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, I got an idea. Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron took the gold, melted it down, made a shape of a calf and when the people saw it they said oh Israel these are the how long was it 40 days these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt and Aaron saw how excited the people were so he built an altar in front of the calf the things that the Israelites had taken out of captivity the gold and the silver and the jewelry and the pots and the pans that they had taken, they'd come out four and a half or five months earlier are the very things they started worshiping when they didn't get an answer fast enough. Write it down like this. Don't let the things you brought with you become the things you worship. Now, can I, can I pastor you for four minutes? I'll only do it for four minutes and I'll get back to being nice and super kind to everybody. Is that okay? Shake your head this way. It's okay. That's a consensus. It looked like it was okay with everybody. I have met people. Some people get so used to holding on to their baggage of the past, their past hurt, their past pain, their past mistakes, their past letdowns, their past church experience, their past relationship, their past marriage, their ex-wife, their addictions they brought, their habits, the scars of their childhood, the abuse they got as a baby, the bruises that they got, that when they get the chance to start over, instead of taking advantage of new territory, they worship the stuff they took with them. They began, are you with me everybody? They began to worship the bruises that they were once praying to get rid of. 
Keep looking straight ahead because I'm, t- I'm helping some of you break free today. You have worse, you begin to elevate the things. Well, if you knew what had happened to me. Well, if you knew how bad my childhood was. Well, if you knew what my ex-husband did and what he said to me. Well, if you knew how bad this addiction was. Now listen, I'm not telling you what you went through wasn't hard. I'm just telling you God has brought you out of all of that. And instead of leaving all that stuff in Egypt, you decide, I got to worship that. I'm going to make that my identity no I can't be that I'm this no I can't be whole I'm broken no I can't be healed I'm sick no I can't be happy I'm depressed are you with me everybody can I go one more step I got one more minute left in pastoring you I'll go one more step you get a diagnosis so that you get an excuse to be how you are because if somebody will put a label on it you'll be able to carry it as a label You'll be able to carry what you've got. You'll be able to say, oh, I got this thing. Oh, this is a part of me. Oh, I I can't help it. I'm, I'm an addict. Let me just pause here and tell you. Now, this may hurt your theology. It may even hurt your feelings a little bit. I believe in 12-step programs. I believe in AA and NA and all the other A's you can get involved in. Be anonymous about everything you got. Whatever problem you got, if it's helping you, it's helping you. But I got one issue with all of those 12-step programs. Because the first thing they tell you is, once an addict, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are born again. You get a brand new life. You You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. But you wear the label of, well, I've just got this problem. And you don't recognize you're worshiping the very place that God delivered you from. You aren't bound in Egypt anymore. You're just worshiping Egyptian things. Oh, I was, am I helping anybody? Oh, I was abused as a child. Okay. All right. I hate it happened. Oh, my mom was mean to me. Okay. I hate it happened. My father left when I was five, okay? I'm sorry that happened to you. That's not God's best for you. Get you some counseling. A Christian counselor, by the way. I'll go further than that. You need a spirit-filled Christian counselor. Get you a Christian counselor. Sit in front of them. Tell them your whole life story. And when you walk up out of that that office, you decide, I will not worship that thing God delivered me from. I know I brought it with me. I can't help it. I brought some scars. I brought some pain. I brought some earrings and some gold chains. I had some Egyptian stuff I brought with me, but I refuse to melt it down and make it my identity. This is not the God of my life. Jesus Christ is the God. He's the Lord of all of my life. I want you to break free from that. I don't want you to hold so tight to your chains instead of your freedom. I don't want you to hold tight to your scars instead of your freedom. Don't talk to your to your future about your past. Talk to your future about God's deliverance. Don't keep telling stories about Egypt. Tell stories about God's delivering power. Every time somebody asks you, now listen, let me help you moms and dads. When your kids say, tell me how it was. My kids have a, this is really funny. Uh, I'm a kid of the 80s. I was born in um, the 80s. I was born in 81. And so I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And my kids who are 11 and 8, they they refer to our childhood as, hold it, the 1900s. 
Now, when I say 1900s, I mean like 1904, you know what I mean? They say 1900s, they mean 1997, all right? Some of y'all weren't born in 1900. People on my staff were born after I graduated high school. But anyway, that, like, it, and you start, and they ask you, tell it, my kids will say, tell us what it was like in the 1900s. Well, first of all, I hit them. And then I say, <laughs> I don't, I don't hit my kids. And then I say, well, it was, it was terrible. It was awful. You know, we didn't, we couldn't get in touch with anybody. We didn't have, I had a beeper. Come on, somebody. I, I remember my first flip phone, my Razor flip phone, Motorola Razor. I would just flip it out. Nobody was calling me. Nobody calling. Nobody called me. I just flipped and said, "My mama, where you at? Get home." I just flipped it out. And they'll they'll be tempted. You'll you'll be tempted to tell them stories about college. They don't need to know your horror story. Well, I want them to learn not. Be- no, you don't have to tell them all the terrible stuff you did. Tell them how God saved you. Tell them how. Don't elevate the bad of your life. Elevate that God rescued our family. God gave me deliverance. God set me free. I, listen, baby, I was an addict. I don't want to tell you all of that, but God set me free, and I haven't drank since I was a. Come on, just tell them what God did. God brought us through the Red Sea. God parted the waters in our life. God saved us from the death angel. You don't have to keep gold and silver and make it your God. You don't have to keep elevating and worshiping Egypt, clinging to your past instead of your future, nurturing past wounds instead of celebrating victory. Not y'all, but there's people at 1030 that need this message. I'm practicing on y'all because God's going to set some of them free. In order to move on, you got to move on. I said, in order to move on, you got to move on. And some of us are saying, I want to move on and living like I miss Egypt. Write it down like this. You've heard this before. When the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, you'll move. When the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, you'll move. This is true in my life. It's true in your life, in every area of my life. When the doctor looked at me and said, you can either take these pills every day of your life or you can lose 20 pounds. I'm happy to report I'm 25 pounds away from that day. Come on, everybody. (laughs) I'm getting there. She was just giving me the same option I'm giving you. Listen, you can stay the same. But there's pain associated with this. Or you can make a change in your life. And there's pain associated with that. But you got to decide which pain you're choosing. I'm either going to stay a victim or I'm going to be a victor. I'm either going to stay in my struggle and keep worshiping that stuff I came. Anybody can look like an expert as long as stuff is working in their life. You can, you can, I can look like a car guy until something goes wrong with my car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I like walking around all the car shows. We have a couple of car shows in town. I really enjoy it. And, and I like when the Corvettes come. I like watching all, you know, and I take Henry and we go walk through all that. And I act like I'm a car guy. But when something's wrong with my truck, I'm not a car guy. Right? I can pump gas sometimes. And, and I know when there's an oil change only because the light comes on. Come on, everybody. And that's, that's it. Now, you could pop the hood and I like to look underneath and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. The flux capacitor. That's what's wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bad. That's, what are we going to do about that? 
You can look like an expert in your life until something goes wrong. You can look like an expert in your marriage. You can tell everybody how to do it until you get a kid that's addicted. I don't preach against, uh, uh, about parenting. If you're coming to church for parenting talk, you got the wrong brother. I ain't done yet. I got no advice for you. I'm learning. You can look like an expert in certain areas of your life. You go to the doctor. You go to physical therapy. As long as the physical therapist is doing the exercise for you, it's easy. When you go home and work on it on your own, that's when it gets hard. Are you with me, everybody? You go to the counselor. You go to the therapist. They give you the stuff to say. You're thinking, man, we're making breakthrough. You get home. He does something stupid. You cuss and fuss and yell again, right? Because in the counselor's office, you're an expert. When you get home, that's when, that's when you got to decide, am I going to hold on to this or am I going to move on in my life? Write it like this. If you don't know what's causing dysfunction, you won't know how to fix it. If you, want, if you don't know what's causing dysfunction in your life, you will not know how to fix your life. You've got to figure out what's causing the dysfunction in your, in your spiritual life, in your emotional life, in your mental health. If you're stuck and, and, and something isn't working in your life. And if you don't know what's causing that dysfunction, you won't know how to fix it. The good news is Jesus is an expert on your life. Say amen to that. God created you. He formed you in your mother's womb before one day ever came to be. He wrote your entire life in his book. He knows the best path for you. He knows exactly how your life should go. All the ups, all the downs, all the tough, all the bad days, God has already been and he's an expert. And there's times in your life when you need an expert. Can I get a better amen? So flip over to John. I told you I was going to preach out two stories for you, an Old Testament and a New Testament. Jesus walks into this scene where something isn't working and they don't know why. Right? There's dysfunction, but they can't diagnose why. I'm going to give you the same principle as an Old Testament story in the New Testament. There are times in your, everybody's got difficult, there are times when your marriage just doesn't work. Anybody been married more than 25 years? Let me see all the 25 years and above. Keep your hands up. By the way, these are the people to ask. They stuck around. Come on, everybody. Through baldness, through, through, through heaviness, come on. If you got, it, you, they stuck, but there are times in 25 years, Brandy and I are 23 years in, there are times in those, it was hard. I tell young couples, there's a lot of wow days, and then there's a lot of vow days. Come on, somebody. On the wow days, you stay because you think, wow, I get to be married to this hunk. Look at him. Look at that little fella up there preaching. (laughs) And then there are vow days where she said, I hate that little fella up there preaching. (laughs) I'm sticking around because I said I would. Are you with me, everybody? Your relationships, your friendships, your thought life, your habits, eating, drinking, prescription pills. There's sometimes stuff just doesn't work. It breaks down. There's dysfunction. Jesus walks into this dysfunction in John the ninth chapter. I'm sorry, John the fifth chapter. Verse one, he says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, a pool. Don't miss all these words. Near the sheep gate... There's a pool. Let me stop here and ask you. If there's a pool downstream from where the sheep go in, do you think it's five stars on TripAdvisor? No. 
it stinketh. Come on, somebody. It's, it's terrible there. And there's a pool of water, which in Aramaic, that pool of water is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here at this stinky, disgusting, manure-filled, terrible pool of water, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed, people with problems. And there was one who was there who had been invalid for, underline this in your Bible, 38 years. 38 years he'd have this issue. 38 years he'd been on this hamster wheel. 38 years he'd been in the same cycle of his life. 38 years of, I think this is my year for victory, and I'm still here at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years for this is my year of breakthrough, and I'm still at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years of we're finally going to get off this cycle in our marriage, and I'm still here. 38 years of we're finally going to break through in our finances, and we're back to rock bottom. Are you with me, everybody? He's on this, he's on this cycle in his life, and Jesus saw him lying there. Learned that he'd been in this condition for a very long time. He asked him what may be one of the dumbest questions in all the New Testament. And if you read it on the surface, you're going to think, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know why Jesus would even say something like this. Jesus asked this man in this disgusting manure-filled pool of water surrounded by sickness, open sores, and disease and in, 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 lame people, people who are invalid, people who can't walk. This, he's invalid. 38 years he'd been in this deplorable homeless camp of disabled people and Jesus saw and knew he was disabled and knew he'd been there a long time and he asked him a dumb question, do you want to get well? Underline that in your Bible. This is the, this is the question of the week. When you walk into 6 a.m. prayer, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Thursday, Friday morning, when you, walk, when you go home today on your bathroom mirror, when, when you're praying for your marriage, when you're praying for your children and you stand at that door frame of a teenager who's lost and who's struggling and who, who, who seems far from God, when you look at that checkbook and you think, I don't know how we're going to make it, when you walk into that office and that job you hate, when you lay down at night and close your eyes and anxiety is on you like a weighted blanket and you can't seem to shake it, this is the question that Jesus is asking. Do you want to get well. Sir, the invalid replied, I'm telling you what you think your first answer is and what I think my first answer is, yes! Yes! I was just waiting on you to come by. I've been here all my life. I've been going through this, but I've done ministry long enough to know this. The first response of people isn't yes to Jesus. It's, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you why I brought all of these gold and silver. Let me tell you why we made a golden calf. Let me tell you why my problem's different than your problem. Let me tell you why my family's different than your family. Oh, if I had your marriage, I, I wouldn't have this problem. Oh, if we had your money, it wouldn't be this issue. Oh, if I had those kids, I wouldn't have this problem. Oh, if I, if I came from that side of the tracks. Oh, if I, was on, if I had that opportunity. That's, it's never yes. It's always, sir... I got an excuse. Nobody is here to help me in the pool when the water stirred. There were angels that would come down and stir and 
When I try to get in, somebody always gets ahead of me. Excuses. We did it because we didn't think Moses was ever coming back. My family was different than yours. My struggle is different than yours. You wouldn't understand, Jesus. Oh, this problem I'm carrying with me, this thing God already delivered me from but I brought with me, oh, I'm not worshiping it. I just just need to tell you, maybe if I explain it better, Jesus, you'll get it. Maybe if I just tell you why I've started 2023 and I got the same, 15 days in, I'm still carrying the same anger I've carried for the last 15 years. 15 days into a fresh start and a new year and a, and, and a new cycle and a new opportunity and a new calendar. 15 days in, I'm carrying the same wounds I've carried for 15 years. Jesus, here's the reason why. And here's what I love about God. Is He doesn't even, he doesn't even acknowledge the excuse. He just reaches out His hand. and says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. And he picked up his mat and walked. I've told you this many times, but I want to remind you again. Write it in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. Some people don't want to get well because they get so much attention being broken. Some people don't want to get well because they get so much attention being broken. I'm going to say it one more time just so it sinks in. Some people don't want to let go of their anger because it's the anger they've begun to worship. Some people don't want to let go of the abuse because the abuse has become the gold and silver thing they've made the calf they worship. Some people don't want to find... Healing's already here. Right? You've already made it past the Red Sea. You just have to decide what you do with what's been done to you. And some people don't want, and and, and I I think it's the hardest, Brandy and I talk about, I think it's the hardest thing I do as a pastor. And that's a big statement because I do a lot of hard things. And by far, Ramon, the hardest thing, I tell you, the hardest thing is to see the potential in a person and to see the call of God and the purpose of God in their life and what could be the leadership, the calling, the gifting, the amazing thing their marriage could be for God, the opportunity God's put in front of them, the amazing chance to be a soul winner, the opportunity to serve God in a new way, the calling of God on their life, and to realize if they don't want it, I can't give it to them. I'll go further than that. If you don't want it, Jesus can't give it to you. That's a fact. That's why he said, do you want to get well? Because listen, I'm, I'm, I'm done. They're playing the slow music. That's the sign. It's almost over. Listen. Because as soon, listen to me, as soon as Jesus cures him, what's he do? He picks up his mat and he walks. When you finally break free, you have responsibility. Now the mat you've laid on for 38 years, you have to roll it up, put it under your arm, and move on. 
again. You don't get to care. You don't get to lay on that mat again. You don't get to go back to the mat and say, yeah. You, the next fight you have with your husband, you don't get to say, yeah, but, you know, that last guy, he left and, I, you, you know, he treated. No, no, no. When, when, if you finally get free, you got to roll that mat up, put it under your arm, and walk on. And so the question of the day is, do you want to get well? Do you want to get, do you want to be free? Do you want healing in your life? If you do, it's available. It's here. You got to decide, am I going to keep, am I going to melt down these problems and make an idol out of them? Or have I decided, I've lived through my worst days. Look at me, you've lived through every bad day you've ever had. You've lived through them. You made it. Yeah, but I got scars. Welcome to the club. I have no idea if this brother didn't walk with a limp. I don't know. I just know he walked. I don't know if he ever went back to the pool of Bethesda and looked across and thought, man, I spent 38 years right there. I don't know what he did with the mat. I don't know if he ever, I don't know if he took it home and put it under his bed just to remind him of what God did. But I can promise you this, he never laid on it again. He walked. And if Jesus heals you, you got respond, you got some walking to do. If he saved your marriage, you got some marriage mentoring to do. Let me talk to some older people. If you've made it 25 years, get on the dream team. Start a small group this semester. We're four weeks away from small groups. And, and coach these other young couples on how to make it, not give up and throw the towel in. If you've made it through, through a miscarriage, weep, cry. Give it to Jesus and then roll that mat up and go find you another woman who struggled with miscarriage and say, God saved me, God helped me, and God's going to help you. If you've made it through a divorce, I know it was ugly. I know you lost a ton. I know it's been difficult on you. But roll that mat up and get to walking on and help another couple who's facing divorce and say, don't give up. God can heal. God's able. Or maybe they've got a divorce and tell them there's life on the other side of this. Can I help you? If God's healed you of cancer, just roll that mat up and show back up. There's going to be another woman with breast cancer. If you've buried a parent, roll that mat up. Find you somebody else. Get on team. Find you somebody in a small group and say, I've walked where you've walked. I've been where you are. You don't have to worship what you brought from you. You don't have to take with you all, all that gold and silver, all that stuff you carried out of Egypt. It's, it's time to let go. It's time to move on. Do you want to be well? Do you want to have responsibility? Do you want to move forward in your life? Do you want your life to matter? Do you want to lay here another 38 years? I, I don't know. I have a feeling. Lindsay, I have a feeling that if the man would have answered no he may have died at the pool of Bethesda I I have a feeling like how you answered this question determines what happens next so mourn it cry about it give it to God and then roll your mat up and move on and let's have victory in 2023 Amen, everybody. Let's move forward together. Let's break free together.
every head bowed, every eye closed, if this message is for you, if you're, if you're laying on a mat right now, if you feel like, man, I've done this, I've burned down, I've, I've, I've carried with me some stuff from Egypt, I've, I've made it an idol in my life, I didn't mean to, I, I didn't recognize it as that, I didn't see it as that, but when I look back over my life, I, I'm, I'm, I recognize I've kind of made this thing a God in my life. I've worshipped it more than I worshipped the deliverer. I've talked about my issue more than I talked about my God. I've talked about my past more than I've talked about my future. If that's you, would you just be bold? Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Include me in this final prayer. Hands are up all over the house. Include me in this final prayer. I need freedom from this stuff. I need to get off this hamster wheel. Come on, if that's you. I need to finally break free from this. Stop carrying it with me. I don't have any excuses. Jesus is here. So, Father, I pray for every person in the room. Come on, I'm going to pray out loud. You pray out loud, Father. I pray for every person, every person struggling with a past, struggling with hurt, struggling with anxiety, depression, abuse, molestation, abandonment, divorce, bankruptcy, abortion. People who are struggling with choices and what I did, and I can't believe, and I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe I had to go through that. This is tough. And they may have taken with them mementos of the struggle. Earrings, gold chains. Seems like a good thing, but it's just a constant reminder of my slavery. And so today, I lay all of that at the feet of Jesus. I decide to get up off of this mat. I decide I'm done with this. I want to be healed. I want to be set free. Come on, tell him that way. I want to be whole. God, if you're asking me the question, the answer is, I I want to be free. Yeah, I want to get well. I I, I want to get rid of this depression, anxiety that's overwhelming me. I want to get rid of this anger that boils up on the inside of me. I don't want to carry it into this next year. I don't want to keep going through this cycle over and over and over. So I give you my whole life. I give you this area of my life. Come on, you pray. You tell God what that is. I give you this hurt. I give you this thing in my life I've held on to. I give you this this bit... Let me talk to somebody who needs to forgive somebody. Call their name out. You you can forgive without an apology. They may never apologize. It doesn't mean you can't forgive and move on. You're waiting on something they're not capable of giving you. So just release them. I release them from this. I'm not 38 years is long enough for me to lay at this disgusting pool. Wallowing in my own sin and sickness and problems I just move on. I just move on. I just move on today. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, let me give you a chance today. This is the best opportunity for you to give your whole life to God. Everybody's praying. I can't pray this for you, but I can pray it with you. Say, Lord Jesus, you see my past. You know what I've went through. You know what I carry with me. I give it all to you. Come on, tell him. I give it all to you. I give you my sin. I give you my hang-ups. I give you my hurts. I repent today. Save me. I also give you my future, my hopes, my dreams, what's in front of me, what's just ahead. Would you bless that? 
Would you redeem me today, save me today, and be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.